Honored to have you. Thank you, sir. First Corinthians chapter two and verse number six. First Corinthians chapter two and verse number six. Dinner time is at 12.30. It's a very wise thing to put an evangelist on just before dinner because we are hungry and we can stop. And um, you've never heard this message before, so you don't know if I'm cutting anything out or add anything to it. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God and a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. I want to talk to you for just 30 minutes on this little phrase, for had they known, they would not. John Greenleaf Whittier said the saddest words of tongue or pen, it might have been. It might have been. Had they known, they would not. I was in London, England one time, several times. And one time I was there in London, and I think it may have been the first time, maybe the second time, and somebody said, let's go to Piccadilly Circus. So I thought we were going to go see Barnum and Bailey and the Ringling Brothers. Piccadilly Circus is not a circus like you and I know what a circus is. Piccadilly Circus is a wicked part of town. Terrible part of London. While we were there, we came out of a building and came out of a, some kind of a whatever store. There was a man sitting there. He was a one-man band. He could play six, eight, nine instruments all at the same time. Had a drum, had a harmonica, had bells on his elbows. I could be sitting there. He had a top hat laid out in front. People put money in it. We engaged him in conversation. Said, I have been a one-man band. I've been on this little plot of property for 41 years. I've made my living out of that top hat for 41 years. He rolled the sleeve up on his tuxedo-like coat, undid his shirt sleeve, the pockmarks, of the heroin needle up both of his arms. Had he known that many, many years prior when he put that needle in his arm for the first time that for 41 years he'd sit and make his living out of a top hat. Had he known, had he known, could he see the future? Would he have done that? Decisions, young people, that you make today determine your tomorrows. We have calendars. I have a phone. It's got a calendar on it. 
I'm like that other guy that preached. I got to have these, all these glasses. I got glasses in every room of my house. Like, see, I can't even see what that says. I don't know what today is, 11th, 12th, whatever it is. You make decisions that affect you daily. You made a decision today what clothes to go, what, what things to wear, maybe to attract someone from the opposite sex. That's a decision that'll affect your day. There are decisions that affect your week, that affect your month, that affect your whole year, that affect you for the rest of your life. I was in the Metropolitan Airport one time in Detroit. Fella came in, he had a portable uh, record player. Kids don't even know what a record player is. He had a portable record player, he sat down, he had a big bag, he opened up that big bag, he pulled another bag out in the shape of a bottle so nobody would know he was drinking, I guess. And he put that bottle to his lips and he drank and he turned that music on. We all sat there waiting to get on a plane. We had to listen to this stuff. He'd take a drink and he'd play a record. I mean, you know those big 78 records. You don't know what those are either. I'm sorry. And he'd reach that bag and get that bottle and take a drink. And then he got sick. And so he opened, I don't know what you say down here. But up north, we'd say puke or vomit or upchuck or what do you want to call it? And he opened that bag and he puked and he vomited into that bag where his clothes were. And then he reached back in and got the bottle and put it to his lips and that stuff dripped off the bag. Had that guy known that the first time he took a drink of liquor, he'd make a fool of himself in public in an airport. Had they known, they would not. What about Eve? She made a decision one day in a perfect place that affected every single one of us now 6,000 years later. Lot one day, the herdsmen couldn't get along. So Abe said, you know, one of us is going to have to go one way, one's going to have to go the other. Whole Lot looked down at the well-watered plains of Sodom. Looked pretty good. He said, Unc, I'm going that way. Abraham said, fine, I'm going this way. Lot went down there, and you know the story. Down with the Sodomites. I don't know if you believe it or not, but we live in a day where there's more sodomites in Georgia than there was in Sodom. You know what happened? God destroyed them. For that sin, Lot came out. His wife came out. She didn't get very far. She looked back. Had she known Oh, Lot got drunk one night, two nights. Had he known what would come from that decision. The children of Israel, 40 wasted years wandering, 
No direction, no headway. They, I mean, they made an 11-day journey. They got right to Kadesh Barnea. I'm going to go. You, I mean, 12 of you boys, go up there, figure it out. 10 came back. No, there's giants. Caleb and Joshua said, so what? We got God. And they made a decision. There were 600,000 fighting men. 11 days after that crossing of the Red Sea. And by the time they got across Jordan, 599,998 men, those men had died. Caleb and Joshua were the only two. Had they known, they would not. What about the prodigal? There's prodigals sitting right here to this afternoon, this morning, right now before me. They haven't, they have not left the father's house, but they're thinking about it. They're anticipating that moment when I can get out from underneath mom and dad. Get away from that old church and that old preacher. I've seen, I've seen some church members from the church that my father pastored for 62 long years. I've seen some of them who have gotten out from that old man's thundering preaching against sin. And even some of the ladies have what our brother referred to, I like what he called them, decals. They have decals on their bodies now. The cost. Had they known. Think about this. The prodigal son made a poor decision in good circumstances. A wealthy man's home. But he made a great decision in the worst of circumstances down in the pig pen. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Our brother just said it. You can come out of the world. Why in the world would you be wooed by the siren song of this wicked day in which we live? What about Esau? Chose the physical over the spiritual. David. All you guys, you go fight. I'm going to stay home. Boy, it's a hot night. I think I'm going to go up on the roof. Oh, my. There's a guy had six wives. He already had six. What do you need six wives for? I, uh, I need my certain a little Nubian slave boy went over and said, uh, Mrs. Ba- uh, Bathsheba, uh, David liked to talk to you. Had he known what that decision cost him. The, the world, the world that was talked about a moment ago, they will throw David and Bathsheba in your face. Had he known, he killed a man over it, or had him killed. 
Brought him home to get him drunk. He had more character than David had at these, those couple of days anyway. That little baby that was born from that woman's and that man's infidelity died. You say, how'd all that? Well, God did give him Solomon. Down the road. Elimelech. Well, I tell you, we can't make it here. Let's go down there. He died. The two boys died. Tragedy. Tragedy. I heard a story about a man committed a crime. He was in prison for life. While he was in prison, he got saved. And thank God for the prison ministries. Guy got born again. Speakers would come and speak. He got to the position in the prison where he could even invite speakers that were close at hand that would come and speak. Kind of led, led like the chapel services. One day, young man, another man came to preach and the fellow was signed to introduce him. He said there were two little boys. They grew up in the same Sunday school. Went to the same church. Heard the same messages. One chose God. And the other chose the world. The speaker today is one of those little boys. He's the one that chose God. And I'm the one that chose the world. Choose you this day whom ye will serve. Everyone has a decision to make today. We've heard well over a hundred verses quoted today. We've heard preaching, humorous preaching, wonderful testimonies of salvation, of the grace of God. What are you going to do with it? D.L. Moody was asked after one of his preachments, how many made a decision? He said, everybody, everybody, everybody. You have decisions to make. Some of you need to make this decision today. I am making the decision right now that I'm going to stay right with God, close to God, faithful to God, and in the house of God. Some of you may need to make the decision. I'm headed in the wrong way. I'm turning around. And I'm going to come back to the old-fashioned way. I've been privileged to hear great preachers in my lifetime. I heard Dr. Percy Ray tell this story. He had held a meeting. I was holding a meeting. It was a seven-day meeting. Closing night was Wednesday, was uh, Friday night. They were also going to have a service on Saturday. Friday night, by then they'd had they'd had a hundred people saved every night. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday night, great service. 
hundred people were in the altar being saved and a young lady came. She knelt down and people talked to her and Dr. Ray felt impelled to go and speak to her a moment and he said, little lady, what, is, uh, what, what, what's your, what are you here for? She says, well, I, I came to tell God that I'm going to get saved day after tomorrow. The great old man was taken aback a little bit. Said, what, what do you mean day after tomorrow? Well, she said, tomorrow is the prom at our high school. And I'm going to go to the prom and I'm going to dance with a boy of my dreams. And I know if I got saved tonight, I, I wouldn't, if I got genuinely born again, I, I'd have to cancel that. I wouldn't go with that boy. He said, little lady, you need to, you, she said, no, sir, you don't understand. She said, I saved up over my lifetime enough money to buy a gown, a beautiful gown. She said, I went to the big city. I went to dress shop after dress shop. I tried on this, I tried on that. And I came back to the very first gown that I looked at and to the exact penny that I had saved over my lifetime was the cost of that gown. I bought that gown. I'm gonna wear that gown tomorrow night. I'm going to dance with the boy of my dreams at the senior prom. He tried to dissuade her from it. He couldn't. She finally got up, stamped her foot, marched out of that auditorium amidst 100 plus people being saved and out into the night she went. She did not come back Saturday night. Assumingly, she went to the prom and danced with the boy of her dreams. Dr. Ray left, went back to Myrtle. Came back the next year, flew into Charlotte, North Carolina. Preacher picked him up, got in the car, just settled a moment. And Dr. Ray just asked, he said, what about, what about that girl who said she was going to dance with the boy of her dreams and She's going to wear that gown. What, what happened to that girl? Preacher didn't say a word. He just gripped the steering wheel. They didn't go to the motel. They kind of drove out in the country and got up in the mountains and stopped in front of a little house, kind of set up on the side of a hill. He said, uh, Preacher, we'll get out here. They got out and started up the little path to the house. And a girl, her hair all wild, eyes like a crazed animal, in a prom gown, dirty, and tattered, and torn looked around the corner of the house and saw Dr. Ray. Began to scream, I got my gown! My God is gone! I got my gown! My God is gone! 
turned on her heel and ran off through the woods. She did not come to the services that week, obviously. Came back the next year, got in the car. What about the girl? Preacher just looked at him. I'll take you. They drove almost to the same place, except they went a little farther to a little country graveyard. And there was a fresh grave of a girl. She got her gown, but she missed God and went to hell. Had she known the opportunity that God through Jesus Christ on Calvary had provided for her. What a cost. What a price to pay. What a tragedy. I preached in Asheville, North Carolina probably 20 years ago. There were two speakers a night in that meeting and Whoever preached first did such a tremendous job that there was no preach left in the building. And there was a man, I, I can't pull his name out. I know his first name and his last name started with the same letters, but I, I can't remember them. He wore a white suit, had white hair. He got up, he was supposed to preach. He used a strange term. I'd never heard it before. He said, the spirit has dissipated. And he didn't preach. But he said this. He said, I, I preached somewhere, somewhere in the Midwest, I think Kansas or somewhere. He said, I preached in that church and there was a young girl there. When I preached there, she was 16 years old. She was a Sunday school teacher. She was uh, the best girl in the teen department. I got her name written down here. You probably won't know her by her name. Her name was Norma Jean Baker. But when she got to Hollywood, she was Marilyn Monroe who died in her 30s, probably from an overdose. Had she known, you know, if I can just get out of this church, I don't want to be a Sunday school teacher. I don't want to be involved. I want to go do something else. Had she known, you'd have never known of her. No one would have ever known of her, perhaps. But what a tragic, tragic decision. You're not going to believe this. I got four minutes. I used to be a principal of a Christian school. That's where I got all these gray hairs. We had a boy. He was a bad boy. Went to art school. He was good in school. He'd obey, but really his problem was his father. 
His father would never join the church, wouldn't get baptized. He had to be baptized to be getting the Baptist church. You know that, I hope. That's how you do it. You don't, you don't, you don't sign the back of the bulletin. You don't put a $100 bill on the plate and that makes you, you get baptized. Follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Dad was always a critic. He was a smart man, brilliant man, really. And so the last check that when he paid the tuition of this young man's junior year, he put down in the little memo, finally payment. Not final payment, not, you know, school, finally payment. The boy didn't come back to school for his senior year. New Year's Eve of his senior year, drunk in his car, he was killed. He was decapitated in the wreck. Had they known? I don't have a crystal ball, but I know a God that knows tomorrow and a thousand tomorrows from today. May God help you, young people, to make some decisions that are right decisions they'll affect you for the rest of your life. Just like you've been told now by four old guys today with a Bible in the presence of God in a camp meeting. Had they known they would May God help you to determine in your heart. Maybe right now, get up from where you're seated. Get down in this altar. Right now. And say, God, help me to make right decisions, for they will affect me for the rest of my days. Yes. Come. Forgive me from some of the bad decisions I've made. I want to get it right. Hey, you can get it right. Help me not to make wrong decisions, God. Help me to make right decisions in every avenue of my life. Who I'm going to marry. Who I'm going to befriend. How I'm going to act at church. How I'm going to act to mom and dad. I'm going to relate to others. Had they known, they would not. Folk are still slipping out. It's easy sometimes to get caught up in the flood. You know, just to dribble in. That's a good thing too. Come on. Good idea. Come on. Yes. Give your life to them. Make right decisions. 
Our brother talked a moment ago about the stuff that crashes in from the past every once in a while. I was the prodigal son of my father's family. I'm the one that didn't get saved till he was nearly 21 years of age. I'm the one that went off to college and lived like the devil. I never say what I didn't. I never say what I, I don't do it. Pub, I don't want. I don't want my grandkids to know. Man. All they know is a grandpa that serves God and preaches. And all my children know is a dad that loved God and served God. That's all I want them to know. I'm going to take them back beyond what the blood of Jesus Christ cleansed in my life. Had they known, they would not. Bless you.